2: You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global or otherwise if Tyen Booth was referring to me it'd be Umar IFL Omar. but anyways I'm with Dominic Ingle. Um, have you been watching Tyen's video?
1: Yeah is it actually you Tyen's bigging up saying that you're actually have more success with women than, than Coogan. Is that what you're saying Umar has more success? Is that what it is? Yeah well I can understand why you're a better looking guy than Coogan and you've probably got better interview techniques or maybe Tyan spotted something that you're probably going to be sort of taking over from uh, Coogan in the near future yeah? possibility.
2: Thanks for the compliments. I'm not sure if I can comment further seeing he is my boss and I might get I might
1: get a sack. I I thought he was I thought you know I didn't realise he was the boss. I thought you were in charge. You know the way you present yourself, I thought you were actually on top of it all.
2: (laughs) Anyways enough about sexual stuff and and all that. Um, you can always cut that out afterwards can't you? You can always cut it out. You can always cut it out. Dominic, um, let's start with Liam Williams and Joe Mullinder. What do you make of Joe's demeanour at today's press conference?
1: It's uh, you know, it's um, it's like the the honey trap in it. He's, he's like leading Liam Williams in, and he's going to take Liam into the trenches. But you know what Joe doesn't realise when he if he tries to take Liam into the trenches, you know Liam's going to bury him anyway up to his neck. But you know he's got to. That's the that's the way he fights. He's only stating a point, but. Uh, he's very self-depreciating in that in that press conference, and I've seen it, you know, a lot of times before. And they come out of the traps firing, and it's going to be a difficult fight. You know, you had me say that it's going to be the, the hardest walk in the park that uh, you know that uh, Liam's been up against, and he's playing it down, Joe. But I know for a fact he's going to come out and give it everything he's got, and you know we're prepared for that. We've not for one minute underestimated that he's coming to lay down and if Liam doesn't stick to the plan you know to the game plan it could go 12 rounds you know what I mean it could go 12 rounds he's got to be you know fought in a, in a particular type of way against uh, Joe Molinda, and we've got the plan worked out so we'll see how it pans out on Friday
2: I don't think I've ever seen a boxer in that sort of mood before where he's kind of admitting he's already lost
1: you know, you see it sometimes you know one of the great fighters of of, of yesteryear was uh, what they call him now well, one of the heavyweights and uh, he, he was the same and he, he played down and uh Ageless, ageless Orchimua. He was one of the guys, and he'd come up and he'd tap the guy on the show, hey champ, and he'd be buttering him up, you know, and playing tricks on him. And then if you read his book or read about him, and he'd lead them all into a false insecurity and it ended up being one of the hardest fights they ever had. So, yeah, ageless, ageless Orchimua. He was one from a blast from the past. And, you know, listening to Joe today, playing it all down, and you know, it's going to be an hard fight. It's going to be an hard fight.
2: I spoke to Liam a few weeks ago, and he said, if he comes through against Joe, he's looking. To move down to, back to 154, and he's looking for the world champions, Heard, Mungi, etc. You, do you feel that he's ready for that?
1: Um, I think you know we'll have a look at some fights. I said to him. You know, basically, them fights aren't going to happen anytime soon. And sometimes when you're you're waiting for them fights, you're just being inactive. So, basically, I've said to Frank, you know, just keep getting these guys at middleweight. Let's get get this uh, Lonsdale belt outright, win that. And in the meantime, you know, try and negotiate the big fights. But we're not going to, you know, stop, sit down and wait for those fights to happen. He's going to keep active along the way. And he can drop down to, light middleweight quite easily. You know, it's not going to be, you know, it's just going to be a training camp. He'll be down to that weight. So we're not, you know, chasing these guys and waiting around sitting about because, you know, we've had that with Kel Brook. He was sat around with it, waiting for the likes of, you know, Thurman and Garcia for a long time, and they never happened. Um, so, you know, with Liam, he just needs to take every, every fight as it comes along. And, you know, if that fight, them fights can be made, you know, make them, but not be sitting around for months waiting for them fights to be made. Just keep yourself active, keep yourself moving, keep beating everybody in front of him, keep active. And then if them fights materialise, then we'll take them fights, Yeah.
2: How's Billy Joe, Don?
1: Yeah, Billy's all right. He's uh, he's, he's like a cat with nine lives. So if you've been reading the uh, the fake news of late, that he's you know had his hand blown off and he's he's been shot and his caravan's been set on fire and all these things. It's hilarious. So he's all right. He, we just you know we're just trying to get this nail, this date nailed down and and get some kind of confirmation on it. So we should know next week. So yeah, he's in the gym training. You know, keep moving onwards.
2: But in your mind, you're still preparing for a wild title fight on April 13th? You
1: know, he's, he, although he had a very inactive year last year, he was always in the gym training and being in camp. Uh, obviously, the fights he wanted didn't materialise. But yeah, he's, he's training and, and we're working to that date. And uh, we'll just have to see. We're just waiting on Frank, basically, to, to get things sorted.
2: When I spoke to Billy Joe, when he announced his move up to 168, he said, well, admitted part of the reason moving up, obviously, was to... To get them big domestic clashes, your you Gaels, your Eubanks. What did you make of DeGale or Eubank first? Yeah, I've seen
1: it was a, it wasn't like Eubank did anything special. It was more to do with the, you know, uh, the hard fights that James had had and the shoulder injury basically caught up with him. And I think, I think I said in interviews before, a peak James DeGale would always beat a peak Chris Eubank Junior. Um, and, you know, James just got old that night, but, you know, he's, he's been a great champion, he's had some great fights, hopefully he's made plenty of money and he can sail off into the sunset with his held, you know, his head held high. He's been a good a, a credit to the game of boxing, and, you know, everybody has the time, everybody has the, the, the you know, the finish date in boxing, and uh, luckily he's, he's got out at the right time.
2: <clears throat> if Billy Joe comes through on April 13th, um, does a Eubank rematch interest him? Has he said anything to you about it?
1: I think he'd like to box Eubank. I think, you know, it would be an even better result for Billy the second time round because I think Billy in that fight was 50 or 60% and still beat Eubank and I don't think Eubank's improved you know, that much since that date. Um so, you know, obviously he beat James De Gale but I think more for the fact that it was a it wasn't the best James you know, best version of James DeGale. Um and I look at Jay, you know, I still look at Chris Eubank and there's still basic stuff missing, he don't use his jab enough, his footwork's not the best. And it's not something he's really worked on. If you stood in front of him, he'll he'll punch you from pillar to post all day long. But anybody with movement is always gonna struggle and I don't think he's ever adjusted to that. And I don't think I don't think he's worked on his weaknesses.
2: So, yeah, you believe it would be an easier fight for Billy Joe this time. Um, do you think Eubanks improved, though, since f- the first Billy Joe fight at all?
1: Well, I, I'd say no, because if he'd improved, he'd have beat George Groves, wouldn't he? And you think the next fight, I think Groves had or, afterwards um, Smith. And really, Smith did what, you know, Eubanks should have probably done. And you got to give credit to Callum Smith. He, he kept composed, kept to the plan. Uh, obviously Joe Gallagher worked out the tactics and he beat him and so really you know you would have thought it wasn't so long ago was it a year ago that fight maybe so you know Eubanks really if he had improved he would have beat he would have had enough to beat George Groves and he didn't and like I said the next fight or the next was it the next fight after um, beating Eubanks that he boxed Callum Smith I don't know Something like yes. that, yeah. yeah. So you know, you see, you see him beating, you beating. Uh, was it, and he got the shoulder injury. Did he get the shoulder right. injury? Yeah, yeah he has got the shoulder injury. So yeah, he did that. Uh, you know, he beat he beat Eubanks with half a, off a shoulder, and got through the fight. And then obviously he got uh, had the repair, and then got beat by Callum Smith. So I think if Eubanks was going to would have improved, he would have it would have beat the likes of George Groves because he was on the way out as well.
2: Whose decision was it for Billy Joe to To sixty-eight, did you advise it to him, or did he say it?
1: No, I think it's always going to be the the, if the opportunity presents itself, and it did. You know, Frank said there's an opening here, and you know, it's not like. Billy Joe Saunders is a small middleweight. He's quite a big middleweight and he would be able to quite easily move up to one, up to the up to the super middleweight limit. Um, I think it's just the opportunity presented itself. It was a world title and, you know, the opportunity was there. So I think that's what the thinking behind it. And I think, you know, you can always go back down. Uh, look at Kel, but when he bought Golovkin went to 11, up to uh, middleweight 11.6 and then he went back down to, um, you know, light middleweight. So he can, he can be done. And he went down to, obviously went down to well to to fire Errol Spence. So you can do it, but it's mentally difficult when you're beating up at that weight, you know, Kel did it, um, to come
2: back down. But it is achievable and it can be done. You mean Frank Warren soon to decide what's going on with Billy Joe?
1: Yeah, we'll have a, I think we'll meet meeting up next week because we've got a press conference for Galahad and Warrington. So we'll, we'll discuss, I think we'll discuss Billy Joe Saunders so then. We'll find out where it's, all, you know, where it's all all about
2: and what's happening. When's that presser for galahad Warren?
1: Uh, to be t, t, to be arranged. Oh, I spoke to Frank. He said, "Yeah, I'll see you in London. You know today, and then we'll uh, we'll set a, we'll set a time after this fight's out of the way. We'll set a date for the presser next week. I think it's going to be next week. Or he's going to announce it next week when the presser is so. It'll be soon. Coming soon. Just the last one. Uh, how's Jake Ball?" Yeah, Jake Bowles is uh, in Australia at the minute, I think, and uh, he's doing a bit of work out there with his dad, took his family out there. A bit disappointed with that fight, but it can happen sometimes you get caught under the stage lights and it doesn't go your way. So, you know, he'll have to have a sit down and think about what he's doing, but, you know, fair play to the other fella. He, he came through it and, you know, see what happens to him, where he's, where he's going to be. And, you know, I just said to Jake, have a good think about what you're doing. You know, boxing's not for everybody. Uh, you can't do it for the, for the you know, uh, for the glory. You've got to have a, it's got to be the only thing you can do. And he's got other options, you know, he's doing all right in life and uh, sometimes it's, you know, you get to levels, don't you?
2: Dominic Ingle, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast sponsored by William Hill in association with Lonsdale MTK Global.